I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, 15 minutes on the timer, and the subject is mental health. Okay. Um, and we both paused there. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I wonder to, why that was. I don't know where to start. I, I, I think um, I think the, f- the first, uh, for, for a long, long time, I wasn't aware that mental health was a thing. I mean, I was aware that the term mental health or mental health condition was, was something, and I knew what depression was, and I knew what anxiety was. And I knew that these things existed. They just didn't exist in my life and with people I knew. And Well, I think also the, the phrase mental health is a new phrase. I, when I was growing up, that meant nothing to me. I think it wasn't, it's not a new phrase. It's been going around for a long time. And I know this because I used to work for this Exposure Youth magazine. And we would talk about mental health back way before it impacted my life in any way. But... The, the idea that you're unaware of it before you have uh, symptoms of it isn't uncommon. So I'm not surprised that you say that, Wendy, but it, it's definitely been a term that's been around for a long time. It's just, I think society has become more aware of it and almost to, a, to an extent where it's been talked about too much, where it potentially creates problems where in this current situation that, um, that mental health, dominates every conversation that you have about health I, I feel you know I'm I'm uh, I'm exercising so much because I want to to look as best I can well you've got body dysmorphia you look fine you know what I mean so there's so many labels around mental health that don't mm. necessarily need to be there but 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 for me um I wasn't aware of it or it wasn't something that that I was aware of until it happened it's until I, I got to a position where I was struggling and we mentioned about this sort of stuff in a, in a, in previous episodes, but um, yeah, I, I remember uh, distinctly being aware of having something wrong with me and uh, not knowing what it was. But how about you? I mean, it's really interesting what you said because for, I, I genuinely I didn't I would not have heard of the term mental health until I was probably 
maybe 18. So what's that? About 2002. Um, and I just thought it was a, it was a, I, I, of course it's not a new term. It can't be a new phrase, but it's the, the way that the, um, the world and society have changed in relation to mental health means that it's now such a well-known uh, phrase, concept, idea. Um, I, I think I'm, I've been really lucky throughout most of my life to have very I'm, I'm quite resilient and I've I'm fortunate that I've had a nice upbringing with very few traumatic events and that's incredibly fortunate I realized I did have a period in my life in my early late teens early 20s where I would say I suffered from quite extreme anxiety and the way that that's so, so let me explain how I experienced that. So I had a, quite a bad relationship. Um, and, and one of the things that happened in that relationship was the, the person who I was seeing uh, put pressure on me to do things I didn't want to do in terms of like spending time with her friends who I didn't get on with, uh, who were from a different social class to me. They, they, they would look down their noses at me as I perceived it. And I was really... Um, not enjoy socialising with them. She would put pressure on me to continue spending time with them. And this developed into a social phobia, which then uh, essentially affected all of my social life for probably about 18 months. So if I was if I was going out for a drink with friends or if I was going out for a meal, I would get an hour, hour two hours before, I would get this kind of anxious feeling in the pit of my stomach and then as we got closer my heart would start pounding and I would feel sick and I would feel dizzy and it, it took a while for me to start communicating to others that I was going through that uh, I started off making excuses to get out things and then there came a point where I couldn't do that anymore you know I was missing family events the thing is with something like that once it's happened once it's very hard to get past it and it, it not to become a thing that happens again because then you're you're not just worried about the thing that started it you're worried about the symptoms as well yeah so it's like it feeds into itself um and in the end the, the way I kind of overcame this I was very fortunate that I had a really open conversation with my parents who were very worried about me obviously and they they paid for me to have some sessions with a cognitive behavioural therapist and that made all the difference to me and then I was able to sort of work on the, the tips and things that I was given. Well, did and, your relationship with this girl broken up by then? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, it broke. It was quite an unhappy last sort of six months of, of the relationship. Uh, I don't think she... She absolutely would not have wanted this to happen. Of course she wouldn't. I don't think she realised what she was doing and the impact it had on my life. But it did have a significant impact. And, you know, touch wood, um, I've been all good since then. I've had a couple of moments, probably three, four years ago, um, where I felt like similar feelings, but fortunately I've been able to get back on top of them because of the techniques that I learnt. Yeah. And and have been okay. I mean, that's not to say that I'll be okay forever. And this is the thing with with anxiety and depression; they can come and go as as you experience experience different things in life. Yeah, uh, and there's many reasons what the, the I, I mean. I don't I don't want this conversation to be kind of like you know this is this is what it is and this is how you get over it. Um, 
but but you can only go by your own your own experiences and i i would say mm. that i was in a relationship very early on that was um was difficult and would would cause a lot of emotional distress i'm not going to go into the details of it it doesn't matter but the impact of it was that that it resulted in in um having an emotional impact on me and, and panic attacks and stuff and it's around about the time when I, uh, I mentioned on the previous or a previous podcast about having uh, a, a bit of an emotional breakdown and that wasn't like just like rolling up in floods of tears it was just what was normal before I wasn't able to to do anymore and I remember an, an instance when I was I went to Spurs with my brothers and my dad and we were in a pub and this was a period of, of about a month where I was having panic attacks on a daily basis. And I was in the pub and I they, I could see them. I could see them drinking and doing stuff that we'd done many, many times over many years. And I couldn't engage. I, could, I couldn't escape the feeling of sheer panic I had. And I couldn't tell them what I was going through. And so I just had to leave. I had to, I had to walk away um, just to... to I don't know what to I just needed to get out of that situation and, and the issue wasn't the situation I was in the issue was how my brain was functioning and processing and the idea of panicking is a completely um it's a it's a normal process for the body it's very normal to panic it's important aspect to survival previously when our lives could be in danger so when you're panicking adrenaline is rushing through your your body or your brain and it's releasing chemicals that enable you to run as fast as you can or move as fast as you can or think as quickly as you can in the moment of the most danger. So if you're, if you're, you're, you're think of it as like a fight. Like if, if some, something happens and you get into a fight outside a pub or whatever it might be, there'll be two reactions within you. It'd be you fight this person or you run. That's it. I mean, as we've evolved, we can negotiate and be democratic but back in the day, when we're trying to catch tigers or whatever, and you're trying to, you've got something in front of you that can kill, you do two things. You stand up to the tiger or, or, or whatever it is in front of you, or, or you run. And your body releases the chemicals it needs in order to give you the best chance to get out of that situation. Now, what we have in current societal structures is that we don't have that fear. We've not got things trying to kill us, but we, our bodies are still programmed to react or to release or to, to behave in that way. And what is really hard to reconcile is the fact that there is no danger. You're in a pub with your brothers, you're at Tottenham, the best place, the place you love more than any other in the world, but you're having these feelings still. And just when you, you to, for me, that kind of understanding was, was, was really helpful. Um, but yeah, it was, it's that, that what you mentioned about early relationships and, and, and the controlling behavior and the other person not knowing what they're doing because they're trying to figure out how the, their role in the relationship is. A lot of this will come from what they've seen at home. Like, for, for mm. you know, I, I, I saw things at home and, 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 and parts of the relationship with my parents that, that I didn't think, or I thought that the men, once you're in a relationship, a long term relationship, or you're married, the men have two roles it's to be, uh, to, 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 to go out and work. As, as will a woman, but also be subservient to the the will of the woman. Like, you see my friends, we do this. We're going to my parents tonight. We're going to this dinner tonight. You can't do, we've agreed to do this, so you can't do this with your friends. Or six months down the line, I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing this, I'm going out with the boys, I'm, I'm going on holiday, we're going to watch Spurs play, whatever it is. 
and then knowing full well that because of the dynamic of relationship there's there's going to be a period of about a month beforehand where conversations start to come and it will build up to a point where you have to say I'm not going to go because it's easier to placate the the will of the person you're with than it is to actually stand up and say and you're being a prick and that's what <laughs> needs to happen and eventually that's what happened you're being a prick and if you don't stop this I'm fucking out of here because you're you're being a dickhead right now but it takes so long to get to that point where you're ready to you're ready to go I'm not willing to take this any, anymore and controlling relationships I know this isn't about controlling relationships but I think as, as young kids if, if someone could give me some advice about relationships when I was a young kid is that you don't have this, it doesn't have to be this way and if you stand up it's not going to break it um, but yeah I think a lot of young people in relationships will, will suffer from some, some sort of mental disorder whether it be men being controlling which is generally much more damaging in terms of the, the, the physical aspect of it and the potential for violence or women, where it tends to be, in my experience, much more of a, a mental abuse or a mental control. But both of them are, are damaging. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's really interesting that we've been through similar experiences. But I, had, I had no idea that we had. Like, I've, I've not spoken to you about this before. And, and some of the things you've described are feelings that I've had in the past. The, the fight or flight thing is so true as well, and the adrenaline. One of the times I remember feeling really unwell, um, went out for a meal, and this sounds really odd, but I I had to get out. Had to, that was the first thing was get out of the place. I couldn't be in there because I was going to either pass out or vomit or whatever. Mm. I don't know. And then I ran home, so I was like dressed up for dinner, and I ran from the restaurant back to my house, which is a couple of miles because of the adrenaline, and it, I felt so good afterwards. And that's the thing, you sort of you don't help yourself because. In, in in saving yourself in inverted commas from the situation you're in, you you instantly feel better. Yeah, I, 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 what, I wonder how, how like how many young kids are going through this, and people in their teens, oh, in their early twenties, that are that feel like they're damaged or feel like they're they're lost or they're in a relationship that that, that they don't want to be in, and like, like I'd imagine so many like because what I know now 
as a grown oh, man. Oh, God. I know. And what I could say I to, to me as a kid, but I would never get to this position if I hadn't gone through all that. The thing is, though, mate, as well is, I mean, what we've described, us, us, the way we felt is remarkably similar, but of course everyone handles these things differently. And that's something I've learned as a, as a manager at work. Um, you know, you manage people who have got problems. A lot of the time people want to talk to you about problems or need adjustments made to their work environment because of problems. And, and something I learned quite early on in my management career because I made mistakes was that I can't just apply the way I dealt with my issues to someone else I can't just sort of say well here's what I did and it helped because it's it's not going to help everyone and people are so complex I mean it's so difficult working uh, with people who are going through dark periods in their lives anyway because you want to support them but sometimes sometimes some of their behaviors um, are are not rational and and not the behaviors of the person that you know is there deep inside. Um, And, you know, it impacts on colleagues. And then as a manager, you've got to make difficult decisions and and try and think of everyone's health and well-being, not just the individual, but at the same time, you want to, you want to help them get over whatever it is they're going through. It's it's so complicated. I think um, that the lack of education I has about, the psychology and the brain and uh, mental health was a problem. And I, I'm glad now that schools are kind of teaching this kind of thing to prepare people for their futures in the world of work. Yeah. What I would say is that I, I, um, I, I feel like I've, I've become more, uh, I've put more walls up like, and, and made my wall, my world much smaller. Like I, I'm less willing to, to really listen to other people's problems than, than I was previously. And the older I get, the, the, the more closed off my world becomes. I'm not saying on a friend, like on a friend by friend basis. Like obviously, I do anything for you guys and stuff. But you know, I, I, I felt I feel like I can't absorb other people's problems anymore. I've got my own. I'm going to deal with my own. I've become more selfish in that respect. Uh, and I'm not sure that's a good thing. It's just what keeps me sane. It takes a lot of energy. It's, um, it's exhausting. It's exhausting um, because you care. That's the thing. Like it wouldn't be exhausting if you didn't care. Mm. Um, but it, it does take a lot of your energy to support someone. I mean, yeah, I could, I could go on. I've had our fifteen minutes are up. 